2: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, he goes down
1: easy. Here comes the Spudman!
3: It's the Spud Goodman Show! Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister! It's woo, Spud Goodman!
4: Greetings and our hola, amigos. My name is Spud Goodman.
1: (laughs) The Spud Man.
4: (laughs) And you are now tuned into a 100% USDA approved real radio program. If you experience side effects such as dizziness, drowsiness, diarrhea, headaches, or insomnia, please don't bother a physician. Just chill and I promise it will pass. Hey, I almost guarantee you will enjoy the next hour. I said almost, so remember that if you are for some reason unhappy at the end of the show, that is my disclaimer. Okay, now let me now introduce our special fill-in designated laugher as my Aunt Dorothy is on the road on her Harley Roadster somewhere. I think later in the summer, she's going to Sturgis. Anyway, say hello to our show's public sector food critic, Lawrence, who has graciously agreed to fill in this week. Thanks for
5: doing this. Oh, this is my pleasure, man. So, you know, all I have to do is uh, laugh when I'm feeling it.
4: Well, I... I guess, but it would be nice if you if you try to help me out occasionally and step up with a hearty laugh from time to time.
5: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So I wait till you uh, say something funny, right?
4: Yes, please. Uh, okay, now I'm contractually obligated to acknowledge the show's temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. Uh, so maybe you could tap your toes now to to say, "Thanks, Bud. I'm very lucky to be allowed on this show." Something like that, but uh. in Morse code. Uh, get those feet going. Y- well, Go ahead. Yep,
6: yeah, I, I, I don't know Morse code.
4: You said you were in the Boy Scouts growing up, and aren't you a scoutmaster right now, too? W-
6: yes, I am still a scoutmaster, as my youngest, Dwight, is about to begin his scouting experience. Our oldest, Gerald Jr., recently was awarded the Silver Beaver Award.
4: I don't understand.
6: Uh, we are very proud of him, but no, I'm not up on my Morse code, Spud. I can oh, spend some time and weak. get up to speed if you want, but it'd be much easier for me to just say now how excited I am about today tonight's show is. I think we have a really good lineup.
4: Uh, yeah, okay, but if you could maybe, you know, work on the Morse code thing as yep. a, oh. it really will come in handy in your job as a temporary co-host of the show. It,
6: well, temp-
5: temporary permanent co-host. But temporary Okay, now? Do I laugh now? No.
4: Um, not if you don't feel like it. I'm never going to order any designated laugher on my program to Laugh On Demand. Mm. Uh, Hopefully you'll feel it, and and chip in here sometime soon, by the way.
5: Well, that's a relief, because right now, up to this point, I'm not feeling it here. You know, maybe later you're going to say something that's going to at least get maybe a chuckle or something from me.
4: Yeah, we can hope so. So, so I wanted to discuss what was ordered at our last staff meeting. Our executive producer Lori Madsen uh. seems to feel that we do not express ourselves on the air in a literate fashion. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think her exact words were, "We sound dumb." So, I mean, first of all, I disagree yeah, with yeah, it because uh, sp- what- Spud,
6: Spud, I, I would not bring up this topic on the air. It's best we deal with it in another forum.
4: No way. And I hope she's listening right now. She is. We've had that damn cliche jar in the studio for years, and I've discussed it on the show. Yeah. I used to think it was no big deal, but she, I mean, she thinks, check this out, and you were there. Yeah. She thinks for real she can ding us five bucks every time we use a phrase she considers a worn out cliche. It's not the money, though, five bucks I hit could add
6: up to some serious dough. Excellent. I think she feels a monetary fine will motivate us to raise our game. Rhetorically, at least that's how I take this. And some, unbel- oh, and he chaptered. He went bankrupt with his casino
4: company. Hey, there's no need to show off with that rhetoric word.
5: Okay, now, now do I laugh?
4: No, no, it's okay. Now- I will admit I'm as guilty as most people. I will use a few of the, uh, you know, the tired go-to cliches, just like everyone else, Mm -hmm. like back in the day or all's well that ends well, or or even absence makes the heart grow fonder. Though that one, you know, still may be valid as as I've been feeling a little lonely lately and even a couple of my ex-wives are appealing to me
5: these days. That's so hot. Uh, okay, was that the right time?
4: No, it was not. And, and I was serious about, you know, especially my, my second wife, you know, Sharon, who, called you know, she called into the show a while ago, and I know I've said she was really mean to me yeah, no, um, no, no, throughout no. our marriage, but, you know, checking out her pics on Facebook. You know, right now she's still very attractive.
6: Nothing good can happen there, Spud. I, I listen. I'm
4: not lurking her on Facebook. You know, I'm just, I'm just you know, look.
6: It's a bad forward. idea. I know all's fair in love and war. But didn't you say on the air that she cut your brake lines and you almost drove well, off a bridge?
4: Yeah, I mean. That's five bucks, man, on that Love and War thing. Oh, but, Love and War. Okay. Yeah, Oops. I mean, I might have exaggerated a bit with, with that story you know, about the brakes. And I, I didn't get close to driving off the bridge. It was bumper to bumper that day, and, and the brakes gave out for just a second. I mean, yeah. truth, truth is, I maybe tapped the car in front of me. They didn't even
5: notice. Come on, y'all. Oh, wait a minute. I can't laugh about a car wreck, so no laughing. No,
4: I get it. I get it. But right now, I need to introduce our musical
5: guest, who I will be speaking with a little
4: later in the program. Say hello to Charlie and the Rays.
7: This
1: is a Spud Goodman Show.
8: This is Spud Show. This is Carl Reiner, and I am one lucky guy. I have been invited to and accepted to come on the Spud Goodman Show. You know how hard that is. The Spud Goodman doesn't just take anybody. I am so proud to be with you, Spud.
6: Hey, uh, Spud. Yes. uh, Your first guest, David Dastmalkian, is good to go now.
4: Uh, I think you hammered the name, but, you know, Uh. okay, this guy's been in some cool movies, like the new Ant Man and the Wasp, Blade Runner 2049, uh, TV shows like Gotham and The Flash. He also has a buttload of movies now, as they say, in the
6: can. Is in the can a violation of the cliche rule? I think it might be because it Uh. sounds like one.
4: All right, I don't want to, like, really sound stupid when I do this show today.
5: Yeah, I agree. It does sound like one. Going... Yeah,
4: in the can is not a cliche. It's a term in the movie business for a film that that's done shooting and, and is awaiting release. I'm not paying the fine for that one.
5: Or look, look, looks, but Maybe they're only going to charge you half because
6: it's, it's it's a it's a weak cliche. I'll give you that. Yes. No, 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 Lawrence. There are no options for lowering the fine. A cliche is a cliche, and that's going to cost you five bucks. It's cliche, I think, but maybe and maybe not. I, I, I'm not going
4: to. I'm not gonna lie here. I'm filing an official protest on that ruling. Now, now put David through as I have some stuff I want to ask him. Welcome, actor, writer David Dismalchin. Hey, uh, thanks for spending a few moments with us. Okay.
1: Hey, it's awesome to be talking to you. I love the show, and uh, and I also love uh, I love the Great Northwest. So, um, anyways, hello to everybody out there and. Um, very excited to talk about this movie yeah
4: well you are co-starring in that that little summer movie that's out now ant-man and the wasp with paul rudd michael pena and ti i'm guessing this one's a little easier in getting the word out on the first one did okay at the box office making like over 500 million worldwide <laughs> yeah you know just these little
1: teeny tiny things uh, it's awesome, it's really cool, and, and, and in all honesty, this is the first of the, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that I am, um, a thousand percent confident telling, like, all my friends who have kids, like, young kids, this is a movie you could take young kids to, and it's also one that, you know, you're gonna love if you're an adult. Paul, Paul Rudd is so funny in this movie, man, um, I mean, he's always funny, I, I've always been a fan of Paul, but... He just destroys it in this movie, and there's some really hilarious and awesome um, um,
4: stuff going on in it. Well, is, is there less or more pressure opening a monster franchise movie? Like, you know, you know, people are gonna go see it, but expectations are so high for studio execs. Do they feel like it has to make like a billion, or heads are gonna roll?
1: You know, I don't know. All I know is that the formula that keeps working for Marvel, and why I think they're having so much is I'm sure there are people that are the bean counters, that are the the, 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 the the stock analysis folk and that they have to crunch the numbers down in some office somewhere, but when you're on set in a Marvel movie, and now I've gotten to be around a couple of them, they find these directors who are hyper-passionate about their film, like their specific film. So here's Peyton Reed directing these Ant-Man movies, and he's so passionate about this particular movie that he's making and the character and he's also a comic book nerd like me and so when you're there making the movie itself they do give the director the, the creative people behind each film their own kind of world if you will that they can play in and, and really create something uh, dynamic and I think that's part of the formula of their success that they're not sitting there on the sidelines with a bunch of you know we've got to do this and now this Criteria says we got to make sure and do this. They just—they really give a lot of freedom and flexibility to the film, and um, and and it and it's been built in this this overarching universe that was so well established in the first couple of, of, of movies in the MCU that now um, they can take more risks. I mean, this movie is—it's—it's it's so unique. It's so—it's so cool. I was I was watching it for the first time you know, tonight, and it's like. It's hilarious. The comedy is pretty really amazing. The action this is just crazy. And think about it. This is a this is giant, you know, it's a summer studio movie about a guy who's a superpower is becoming an ant. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 and I and I'm watching it the other night. I was I'm really proud of this film. It, it's a, it's truly a film about like family. And I think this, this is a really important time for us to be talking about the importance of family, keeping families together. Uh, absolutely. And I really think that um, it has so much heart to it. But it's also just like a really crazy, weird movie. It reminded me of like 80s, early 90s, um, uh, films that I loved when I was a kid. Uh, with the humor and the the sci-fi elements, like inner space, um reminded me a, a little bit of like a, a superhero version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm very excited for for people to go check this one out. I think it's I think it's quite a a, a great step forward for for the marvel world especially with um with the audiences that are younger
4: right well i got i got hit on another part of your career because you've been very active in indie films over the years too i mean you don't just do huge studio films you wrote and starred in animals in 2014 it was was based on your struggle with addiction earlier in your life how, how intense was that experience in making the movie because uh, the reviews were
0: amazing
1: thank you for asking about animals it's one of my um you know, next to being a, a, a father and husband, uh, definitely one of my, my more proud accomplishments in my life being that film made. It was inspired by um, my own experiences as an, as an addict, as you said. And, uh, you know, I'm celebrating 16 years of being clean and sober this year. Uh, I was an at addict and I, um, I wanted to tell a story about, um, about love. Honest, I wanted to tell stories about love and the, and the painful decisions that we have to make when we are in love. When you have to decide if you're going to keep to let go. And I thought that addiction was the perfect um, storm to put these characters into. And so we went and we made this movie in Chicago in 2013 for. No money. I mean, in, in movie terms, at least, we barely had a, enough money to. We had we had six people living in a one bedroom apartment. If that gives you any idea of the circumstances we were making that movie under. And wow. um, and I and I I have a great friend named Colin Shipley who directed the film for me, and um, we've actually made two films together now. And he uh, he did his incredible job, and the film did really well and premiered at the South by Southwest Film in two thousand fourteen and um and then it was bought by uh, so so Glad. it came out on Showtime now you can watch it on, uh, on on Amazon Prime you can watch it on Hulu and I'm I'm really proud of the film man and I and I, and I just it's one of my favorite things is when people who are either struggling with addiction or who are in recovery um tell me that it 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 it, 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 it feels authentic um because that's something I really wanted to do I didn't want to um do anything other than just portray uh, addicts as the true real human beings that we are even when we're in our worst states of existence. Um, There's, you know, there's people underneath. There's a real kid underneath that guy that's hanging out in front of that grocery store that you see every day or that you see laying on the sidewalk. Um, And um, I'm really proud of that film. Thank you for asking me about it.
4: Well, yeah. uh, Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, Well... You know, on the other side of your career, you've also done uh, a bunch of network television shows like Gotham, Twin Peaks, MacGyver, and others. What's the biggest difference in perks, uh, you know, working in TV rather than film? Fresher bagels, I'm guessing, is I'm obsessed with perks. I I mean, all I can really get around the studio is tap water, so...
6: Spud. But you know, you know, you've been ordered by our executive producer not to voice your complaints about the lack of craft services in the studio. There are budgetary restraints that we have to deal with, and you need to let. Hey,
4: hey, David, uh, just a second. I will not be censored on my own radio show. This is America, or still is sorta, I think, and we are guaranteed our pursuit of happiness. I will only be happy when we get decent free food here.
5: Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm not too happy myself about there not being any bagels or chips here. You know, you, you'd think there'd be some, maybe MMs or at least, or something like that. Oh, oh,
6: yeah, yeah, right? Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence, Spud knows that if our ratings improve, we will most certainly have maybe some carrots with a, you know, ranch dressing or something. Carrots? Possibly even some cookies or brownies, if the numbers are yeah. good. Big freaking deal free food in the studio should not be held hostage to the ratings man well telling our listeners that you have to survive only on tap water at work is disingenuous you know there's a vending machine in the hallway
1: whatever i I gotta get back to david
6: uh where'd we leave off
1: i've been really blessed man i can't believe for like i said somebody who is 16 years clean right now that you know i lived in a car (laughs) 16 years ago and now that i get to go and play in all these awesome sets and Um, and put on all these different amazing characters and you know I run the gambit I get to do cool independent film and then I get to go and blow things up on MacGyver and I get to you know be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and help Um, Ant-Man it's really a dream and ever do not on wood but it could happen but I've never had a I've just had so many positive experiences working in, in, in my industry. I'm really, really lucky.
4: Well, I just want to thank you so much for doing this. I want to say Ant-Man and the Wasp is now out in theaters across the globe. It won't be hard to find. Hey, thanks a bunch for coming on our show.
1: Thanks, man. It was awesome talking to you. I really appreciate it. It's cool that this has happened. Thank you.
4: David Desmalchuk.
5: Spread goodness to so Anulo. Get to a new Spud right I know
7: Spud Goodman show. It's okay.
6: Hey, uh, Spud, I'm being told that the show's resident psychic Ted Mar is holding for you. Well, put him through. Uh, do you want me to do his... Uh, his uh, his plug, know? yes, yeah, his please. Plug, yeah. Okay, uh, Ted Mar can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle, and on the web. Here he is.
4: Please say hey to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Mar. Thanks for calling in.
7: Oh, stud! It's great to talk to you again.
4: Yeah. So, so I sort of wanted to ask a favor. Yeah. One more time, I guess. So I was wondering if maybe you would either double date with me, or, or possibly telecommute in my, you know, when your mind, to me on the date. Can, can you listen in on us with your super psychic powers?
7: Well, I could either do that or be with you if you want. Um, now, remember, I'm not exactly normal either. I'm out of this world. Uh, so. That's true. Um, but I'll, I'll try my best to be normal. I mean, to be, you know, a, a regular, I mean, a normal person, Right. if you want me to.
4: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it would probably be better if you could just read my mind and not, like, go on the date with me, because, and then you could, like, text me the advice uh, on my mm-hmm. phone, rather than, you know, because... Mm-hmm you know if, if you came with me then there'd be the question of whether your date would get along with my date and you know maybe, maybe they'd hate each other in the first five minutes or, or worse you know maybe they hit it off and she would totally ignore me which I'm used to but that that's kind of why I'm asking for help here I want to have like a successful date you, you, you get where I'm coming from right?
7: Oh oh, sure sure one of the most important things to do is to um, to shower and wear clean clothes right, um, and that that helps appear normal um, come here um what hair I got? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, what hair you got? Um, what else? Talk about normal things, you know. Try to stay away from uh, really, really oddball, you know. Stuff like psychic phenomenon, that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, well, you n- n- now you're now you're st- now this is what I was gonna say. It's uh, Because <laughs> I'm not gonna like ask you for tips on getting to second base or something. What what I need is <laughs> coaching on what to say and not to say. Because I have this habit of saying awkward things to women. Not not <laughs> offensive stuff, but just words that don't fit the moment. You know, like when the moment's <laughs> right, I, I get a little anxious and maybe toss out some baseball trivia or start talking about my allergies. I've been called mm-hmm. a walking mood killer. So what What you just mentioned of saying, you know, talking about something that's just kind of uh, not appropriate that or, or just weird. Uh, yeah. Right. So you can help me out right. with that, right? Choose my words.
7: Yeah, you can yeah, always talk about the weather. You can always weather? talk about, um, you know, like the, what's in the, up in the sky. Uh, those are really exciting subjects. But she'll be fascinated with that. Okay. Um, you can talk about uh, the traffic, um, especially around Seattle, Tacoma—it's always, you know, not the greatest. Um, and um, and if you if you if you wanted to have a more in-depth conversation, um, then, then give me a call, and I'll and I'll give you some some ideas.
4: Well, so, off the record, Ted, I'm going to ask you this. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Have you ever used your super psychic powers on a date yourself?
7: I have. <laughs> That's off the record. So off the record. Off the record. Yes, yes, I, I have used my 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 abilities um, to do that. And it's been very useful, actually. Um.
4: <laughs> Super! You know, um, that would really cut down on the stress of being able to read the mind, you know, of a date. Even if what you picked up was that she was bored out of her mind, it would it would be better to know so you could, you know, politely end the date before you wasted too much money.
7: About about 90% of the communication, actually, is nonverbal verbal When you look in some of these eyes, and you can tell exactly what they're thinking. The Hindus are very interesting. In India, the Hindus said that the that the uh, eyes of the window still weren't sold. So you can tell a lot if you just pay attention to your intuition um, from just from looking at someone, and, and the messages will come right through. Spud,
6: yes. well, did you hear what Ted just said? Yes. The eyes are the key to expression to others. Uh, you wear dark sunglasses all the time, like from when you get up until you go to bed, right? Hey, Ted, uh, just just a sec. Okay. I have since
4: high school, I and mean, sometimes I even leave them on while I'm sleeping just in case a disaster happens, you know, and I'll be ready, you know, if, if something happens to run out of my bedroom. No one's seen me really without my sunglasses in many, many years.
6: That might explain why you have such difficulty in relationships. And not just with women, but with men, too. I, for one, am always on edge with you as I can't see your eyes clearly, and thus I can't read your true emotions. It puts people at a disadvantage. Duh. Why do you think I wear them 24-7? I mean, sure, it makes
4: watching a movie in a theater a little tough to see, especially with night scenes, but I've
6: learned to deal with it. Why don't you just try going short periods of time without your sunglasses? You might like it. No way. I I would have to be totally
4: engaged when I was with other humans. Animals don't care about eye contact. That's why I love them. I just got to get back to Ted right now. Well, you know, with your help, I think I have a decent shot at, you know, maybe not, maybe she's not going to like fall in love with me or anything, but mm-hmm. she, maybe she'll tolerate me for the full date and, you know, won't pick up, you know, pick up her phone and pretend like she just got a call and had to leave, you know, that old, that old scam. But anyway, all right, well, I have your phone number, so I, I'm going to give you a call when I get confirmation on the date, when I get all the details and everything. All right. And, uh, and you got my back. That's what you're saying. Correct
7: Be happy to help you any way I can. Absolutely.
4: All right. Well, thanks a whole lot for your assistance. There you have it. Our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Maher.
0: The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show, following this brief intermission.
2: Hi, I'm Dahlia, and Lucian.
4: And we're pigs now. And we're pigs now. And we are on. on. And we are on. on.
3: Hello, this is Dahlia. And Lucian.
4: And we are pigs now. We are,
3: and
8: we are pigs now. We are playing at the Sled Goodman show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
3: I have been asked to collect on those cliches earlier in the show. Our executive producer texted me, and I guess it is now my job to be in charge of the cliché jar. Spud, you owe $15, and Gerald...
5: You only owe five bucks so far. No, no. Wait, wait, what, what about me? I didn't bring any cash. I, don't
4: I, mean... I got you. It's the least I can do for you filling in for my aunt.
6: Dorothy. Um, uh, you know, I who's... will accept the financial penalty and I'm pledging to do better to avoid any further cliches. This is a talk show. No way we can avoid pulling
4: out a few cliches from time to time. Well... And our show's a lot of words to come up with. I mean, some might be a little, you know, tired and well-worn, but hey, it's better than dead air.
3: If you know how I feel, why would you say that? I'm just an intern and I follow orders, at least until I can get a real job. Um does an intern have to give two weeks notice when they leave? My dad said at the end of the day, I better do it if I want to get a decent letter of recommendation. Um I don't I idea. know
4: you don't get paid here, but you owe five bucks, dude, with that at the end of the day saying, you know,
3: I'd keep your mouth shut from here on out and go back to your chair. I might have slipped up there. Yeah, you think? I'll a- I'll ask my parents for the money. How about I leave the cliché jar here and you guys handle it? But you'll need to pay up at the end of the show.
7: It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business.
6: Yeah, th- that'll, that'll be fine, Chance. Uh, and if your parents won't give you the $5, I'll lend it to you. Lending means I have to pay it back, right? I'd
3: rather yeah, it get does. it from my parents, but thanks. I'm going to go back to my chair now. You,
5: you know, he seems like a nice kid. Now. Hey, now he's the intern that's dating your aunt. Is that right? Yeah, they are dating.
1: What
4: the hell, yo? I don't like it, but uh, I guess with my aunt, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Oh.
6: I hate to say it, that's going to cost you yep, five bucks. yep. yep. <sighs> that up. S-
4: Say, Lawrence, uh, why haven't you been, like, doing a, a public sector food review lately, and we've missed you on the show?
5: Oh, yeah well you know what it, it seems like those all those meals that i did on the road's been taking us totally my doctor said that i've got irritable bowel syndrome now oh, yeah wow. yeah i know man if, if he thinks that i'm i should take some time off from doing the, the food reviews and all that stuff you know at least the food that irritates my bowels you
4: can't prevent everything that's too bad, because I thought most of the places you review, you know, the prisons, the college snack bars, the military mess halls, serve fairly healthy food. I you know, so. the basics,
6: hot dogs, mac and cheese, and tater tots. That stuff doesn't bother my bowels. Yeah, but everyone's digestive system is different. Uh, take my wife, Rachel, for example. She can eat multiple habanero peppers in one sitting. I can't get near her eating one of them, or my eyes start watering, and I develop, you know, kind of a, a bit of stomach discomfort. <laughs>
5: Stop being a weak! Yeah, I, I feel you there, because you know those habanero peppers, you know, they're on the list. You know, the, the no-nos from my doctor. Yeah, they're know? tough. I, I I used to love those. I loved them. Oh, now I've got this bland diet that I gotta be on. making me crazy, you know. Hey, you know, if I was on the road now, I'd probably have to, to review, like, you know, mashed potatoes or... pudding sorry
4: to hear this Lawrence wow Yeah. I I hope you're back on your feet soon though and get that irritable bowel syndrome thing under control because I love your reviews oh thank you but anyway well right now it's musical guest interview time okay please say hey to Charlie and the Rays Uh, please give us your names and instrument of choice
2: I'm Jordan I play the bass guitar and I sing Hey, I'm Rebecca. I play rhythm guitar and vocals.
3: My name's Gracia, and I play guitar, lead guitar, and behind uh, me is our drummer, Jack.
4: He's kind of a silent guy. All right. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so, what's the band's official position on sporks? You know, a genius utilitarian utensil, or, or a grave threat to humanity?
9: Hmm.
3: I, I like them, but okay. I, I would like to come up with the. Um, Fife, maybe I'd call it. Fork mm. Knife.
6: Oh, nice call. Well, you can should get
4: that patented. I like yeah, that. Wow. Yeah, Wow. Um, all right. Well, in terms of musical influences, what other bands have had the most impact on your sound?
2: Um, probably people like George Harrison, um... Peter Paul and Mary, Simon and Garfunkel, those oldies. Hmm.
4: All right. Um. Well, this on the. I'm just curious. Do any of you guys have a couple like gangster rap or death metal tunes on your iPod? Just for fun, because I have a, like a Fleetwood Mac song
3: on my iPod. <laughs> um. I don't have any gangster rap, but I like to listen to Lincoln Park while I run. Uh, oh. yeah.
9: Okay. <laughs> all right. Super.
4: All right, um, well, off the record, which band member seems to have the best taste in snack foods? You know, the person you always want to ask for some of, of what they have?
3: Ooh, Becca. that's hard. Yeah, I'd definitely go <laughs> Becca for sure. Although Jordan picks up, like, surprise snacks from the grocery store a lot of the time. So, like, I was just saying I was um, wanting some Pringles earlier, so... I'd be down there's nothing
4: like a nice surprise snack from a, a loved one or a friend yes and as much as my co-host here annoys me i i, I really appreciate it. he always has like a spare oreo on him even those like exotic flavor ones he has he has a few of those
6: yeah i had those jalapeno uh, oreo oh, they that don't have like.
4: hal- that's the one they don't have it's the only one they don't have right now
6: that upset my but stomach. anyway
4: yeah. all right well yeah well let me ask what are the long-term goals of the band and before i say I, I, I gotta give a shout out to your publicist the amazing kelly i had to say that before i forgot so.
3: um i think we have some band goals as well as individual goals just becoming better musicians all around
6: that sounds that sounds like a dang good goal and, and inventing right. the fife
4: exactly right. oh yeah, yeah. that's Press number and one and so Priority. what's the name what's the name of the next song and what's it about
2: Um, The next song is called I Want to Be Like You. And uh, it's Mm, kind of about not from the Jungle Book. Yeah, Uh, I always think of the Jungle Book, but it's not. It's not about me. But um, it's about um, kind of wanting to be your future self, not really somebody else, but someone that you'd want to be yourself.
4: That's pretty deep. All right. I like that. (laughs) Okay, well, let's do it.
0: is the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
7: Hi, everyone. This is Olivia Newton-John, and you're on the Spud Goodman Show.
6: Uh, Spud? Yes. Your next guest, Gil Birmingham, is waiting to speak with you. All right. You know, he has a, a new TV show with Kevin Costner on
5: right Ooh, now. Kevin Costner. You know, I really liked him in that, that water of something that he was in there. You know, when He was the half-fish and the half-man.
4: Uh, yeah, I think you're the, talking uh, about that That Shape of Water movie? No, no, Kevin Costner was not in that one. Uh, Anyway, Gil was also in those
6: Twilight movies. Oh, you know, we would not let our daughter Kelsey read those books or see the movies. My wife Rachel and I felt they were way too racy.
8: What's with you,
4: Johan? Have you read any of the books or saw the movies yourself?
6: What? Before you made that decision? I have, Spud, because I'm an adult. I read all the Twilight books and I saw most of the movies. And I gotta admit, they were very enthralling, but... You know, I'm such a romantic. Oh, there are
5: all kinds of perversions.
6: Those were lame. Those were
5: lame. There was not enough, like, violence or car crashes in there. Oh, Uh, just put Gil
6: through, please. Yeah, here he is.
4: Say hello to actor Gil Birmingham. Thanks a lot for coming on our show.
6: Oh, such a pleasure, Spud. Thank you for having me.
4: Yeah, well, you co-star in the Paramount Network's new series, Yellowstone, airing Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central. It's about a ranch owner, John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, and you play as nemesis, tribal leader, Thomas Rainwater. Are you uh, both method actors and keep to yourselves on this set, or do you you hang out between takes?
8: Uh, I guess it it depends on how you define a method actor. I, I don't... I think uh, in my perception of it, it's necessarily a method, but it certainly is engaged, you know, mm-hmm. when you enter into the, the embodiment of that character, you know, combined with the situation, the environment, the, the wardrobe, the dialogue, all these things. I think every actor has their process.
4: Right. Okay. Well, the, the showrunner Taylor Sheridan worked on Sons of Anarchy. Um, so he, he kind of went from Harleys to horses. What do you prefer to ride?
8: Horses or motorcycles? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go with horse any day. Yeah, I
4: hear you. I hear you. A
8: lot safer. But yeah. Um. <laughs> well, horses is going to be very unpredictable too. They, there, there's definitely a, a synergy that you have to have and an understanding and a respect.
4: Right. You know? That's a good point. Um, well, you know, the cast on the show is pretty large with Danny Houston, Kelly Riley, and, you know, Wes Bentley, among many, many others. Do you guys need name tags when you're shooting? Because, gosh, you have a large cast.
8: <laughs> yeah, it's always the funniest part when you start a project because you're, you're relating two names to each person. And you don't know if, you're, if you had it correctly. Am I calling them by their real name? Am I calling them by their character name? But um, and, and oftentimes, depending on how much interaction during the show you're having with them, but we've uh, been very fortunate to be able to spend time uh, with each other offside the set, outside the set, and. Uh, it's just wonderful, every single one of them just wonderful, wonderful
4: human beings. All right, super. Um, well, there's a storyline where you as a tribal leader worked towards uh, regaining land lots generations ago. As a Native American, your ancestors are the original citizens of this country. Do, I got to ask you this question. Do you find irony in Donald Trump's statement to immigrants that don't come here and keep off our lawn?
8: Uh, that's, you know, it's, it's such a, a politically heightened and sensitive environment we're living in now. And, you know, it, it would really serve us, uh, so much better if we really understood the history of, of our country and then how it's kind of evolved through different political, uh, you know, regimes. Um, so there's, there's always a, a bit of irony, you know, like, I know there was some unfortunate backlash of, Kevin Costner on, on one show saying that he, he didn't recognize, you know, this country right now. And uh, all I really heard him say is, listen, this, we can be, definitely be more empathetic. We need to be more compassionate and, and you know, uh, and operate for more intelligence, which would include educating ourselves about real history. But the unfortunate part about it, you know, is that if you don't recognize this country, you know, Native Americans recognize it because with the separation of children from their parents, so this was done with hundreds of thousands of Native children, you know, and they were taken off from boarding schools back yes. since the 1800s until not that long ago. So it's a, it's a very politically charged environment these days, and I think it's it's difficult to kind of walk around to explore it without getting uh, triggered by it you know so uh, what we hope is that people are seeing not necessarily a, a black and white betrayal of any kind of of uh, a, a moral you know stance on things or the nature of what it is to be patriotic but the realism of, of what history has been and uh, how how have we learned from it or not
4: yeah well stated i kind of wonder what uh, our president uh you know feels about uh, his grandfather who came from friedrich go uh, came from germany at 16 uh, what, what what his grandfather might say to him if he was still around but uh, that's just, just just not anyway i'll move on to another topic but uh uh spud
6: If if I may interject here, that was a cheap shot referencing President Trump's grandfather Friedrich. I mean, sure, he was a teenage immigrant to this country, but he had to leave Germany due to personal issues. Uh, Gil, I'll be back in a moment. Um, from what I have read, Friedrich
4: was an unaccompanied minor at age 16 when he got here and he didn't know any English
6: either. Well, Gosh,
4: that kind of sounds. Friedrich with, with must the have news. been
6: a special boy and he certainly and clearly deserved to be allowed into this country. I mean, look at how different history would be if for some reason our government denied him entry. I don't want to think about what kind of country we'd be in right now if that had
5: happened. Yeah, 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 because, you know, America would have been screwed if he would have been told to to go back to his own country.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I know. It would have saved us from like 14 freaking seasons of that damn Apprentice TV show. Now let me get back to Gil if you don't mind. I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, you played the character Billy Black in the Twilight movies. How was it being recognized in malls around the world? Did, did you have to like have a, have a security detail to leave the house?
8: Uh, no, but uh, the younger actors in, in that show did. <laughs> you know, it's, I think the demographic for Twilight was a, a rather uh, younger crowd, so I didn't really encounter the uh, the recognition factor that you're talking about which is it's cool. it's okay you know i love i have a great passion for my work and um if people enjoy it and and get joy from it then that's really all i can really ask
4: well did did you get forced into the online uh, you know team edward versus team jacob war because it was very it was a divisive social conflict For for the record i was team jacob because I, I like bad boys but loyalty is a big plus in today's world
8: well, you know, I wish things were as simple today, you know, and, and accepting the difference of choices people make. You know, um, that you're not just uh, badgering people because of their choice. You know, it's, it's. I think Twilight represented a, a, a maybe a slight innocence about taking sides and, and what was relatable to you and yes. as a fan. Yes. Yes. Um, but um, pe- people, uh, people want to take. Aside, I think that's what conflict is about and why we love the, the art of movies and television because you're presented with conflicts and then you get to decide for the information that's provided for you what, what side you feel you relate to.
4: Yeah, well, well stated. Well, you were in the 2016 film Wind River with Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. That is a great movie. How cold was it out on location in Wyoming because I had to throw on some thermal underwear halfway through it?
8: <laughs> That's amazing cinematography, and I'm so proud. That's one of, uh, one of the movies I'm most proud of because it dealt with, uh, with an, uh, a native issue that so few people know anything about and that is so prevalent even nowadays. You know, the fact that like, the, the, the tag at the end of the movie was that uh, there has been no recording of the numbers of missing and murdered indigenous women. And uh, we estimate there's at least maybe ten thousand over the last ten years. So the the inequity of uh, law enforcement or interest, you know, for people in a culture that they know so little about uh, was very very important. And uh, and I kudos to Taylor for taking on a, a project like that and form and hopefully to get people.
4: Yeah, that that one stayed with me for a while. But all right. Well, last question is: Is there any actor or director that you really, really want to work with before you hang it up someday? Wow.
8: Hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's funny that you would ask that. I haven't thought about that because I've done three projects here with Taylor Sheridan, and uh, I would wait for, I'd work with Taylor for the rest of my career if I could. Uh, have such a synchronicity with them, but, uh, you know, there, there's always the great, you know, the Martin Scorsese, and, and some, some unfortunately, um, Well, I worked with Taylor Hackford kind on of a movie that nobody ever saw, it started uh, Joe Pesci and Helen Merritt back in the writer's strike days, um, and he's, he's part of that, that school of, of old time, you know, uh, moving on, directors, we, we, get to, uh-huh. we get much younger directors coming in, and... and uh, I just love to work, I love to work on good projects, and I just feel so very blessed where I am right now.
4: Alright, super. Well, let me remind everyone that your TV show, Yellowstone, airs each Wednesday night at 10:9 Central on the Paramount Network. Hey, uh, we really, really appreciate you checking in with us.
8: Oh, it's been my pleasure, and if you don't know the Paramount Network, it was formerly Spike Television, so uh, it just got rebranded. If you got Spike before, you have Paramount now.
4: Alright, there you have it, Mr. Gil Birmingham.
7: My How time flies!
3: I got another te- I got another text from our executive producer. She wants me to not let anyone leave the studio until all fines are paid in full. That cliche jar looks a little light to me.
4: Wait, I-, I said right? I'd pay
3: it. sometime just, just maybe not for a while.
6: These guys, they make millions of dollars, they're smart as hell. Yes, but... Don't be passive-aggressive. That's not going to get you anywhere. I don't know about that. It's it's worked out okay for me so far in my life. Oh, should I laugh at that? <laughs>
3: I am supposed to lock the studio door until everything is taken care of financially. Sorry, but I want to get a positive letter of recommendation when I leave here.
6: I can
4: write you a letter of recommendation. You don't need one from management. <laughs> it's
0: jack what you're saying!
3: Yeah... I'm going to lock the studio door now. I'm just following orders.
6: Sorry, Spud. Uh, Spud, I'm sure our executive producer will accept your debit card if if you've got that with you. I'm not giving her my debit card number.
4: Don't mention any tried and true sayings that... It served mankind well over the years. It's so wrong here. What are people supposed to do when they need to come up with something witty? It's really hard to come up with a saying that's original. I can do it, but it's a lot of work.
8: Don't be so overly dramatic about it.
5: Hey, look, you know, I've got a few of my own favorite sayings that I've been fighting not to say during this show, and it's been tough. So can I? Can maybe I get a little, a couple of freebies, you know? I'm hoping I can, because, you know, I've always been partial to, uh, at the crack of dawn... Because, you know, it sounds way better than, you know, like, early in the morning. Yeah, I know. It's like, and then what about um, As the Crow Flies? You know, when people ask me, you know, how many miles away a place is, right? I like that one, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice one, isn't it? Okay. yeah. It has a little ring. Yeah, to it. I mean I, I
4: tend to have a few of my, my favorites that, that I go to when I need them. Like ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That's a really good one to have at bar closing time, you know, and all the lights come up. And I'm not gonna lie, that one's been very good to me romantically.
6: Nice. Uh, you know, I happen to have around fifty dollars in my wallet, and I'm sure this fine money is going to a good cause. So I also have a few favorites, like uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I love that one. And how about snug as a bug in a rug? Seriously. I think that's a great one.
4: Uh, no, they both suck. No. I don't like apples and bugs creep me out. Well. And, and regarding your thought that, that the fines in the cliché jar go to a good cost, yeah. I heard from Chance the intern. Hey Chance, sorry to rat you out here, but I guess our executive producer uses it to buy the hand soap and toilet paper in the studio restroom. Really? After this show, she's going to have enough to remodel the whole damn bathroom.
5: Hey, hey I've got another cliché. Here's one that I've always liked. Okay, can I get another freebie maybe? All right, it goes no, like this. I, can't, I can't give you any
4: more than those two freebies. Hmm. So, so finish uh-uh. that one when we're off the air. Uh, so in the best... In- of my cash flow, I will now pledge to limit but not totally remove my snappy cliches from this program. I reserve the right to pull one out if circumstances demand it. Like if I'm struggling for an original thought, you know, while a guest is waiting for a pithy response from me, I, I just may have to go there for the good of the
5: show. You had me at hello.
6: Well, that's a, it's a good first step, and I'm sure Lori, our executive producer, appreciates that, Spud. So are you going to punk out, Spud? Wow, man. I thought you were like a rebel. I thought, you know,
5: you told me your main focus in life was to fight the man. Well, you, man, well, I, I can't, you know what? I gotta tell you, I just, yeah, I, I'm i just gonna say, you sound like a little. B-
4: uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of used to that word. My second wife,
6: Sharon, used to call me a little b- all the time, and
4: yeah, it hurt my feelings. It did. So, I'm like,
6: yeah, I, I don't think calling you a little. B- is an actual cliche, so you're not going to be fined for that. But I, I could be wrong, so I'll, I'm going to Google it and see if it's on a list of tried and true cliches. You know what? I'm glad I'm only filling in on this show this week, because you know, if
5: I was on every show or on the regular, I would be broke. Hmm. Yeah, I hear
4: you. I'm going to check with my CPA if these fines are tax deductible. Oh yeah. But let all me right, know. I need to sign off here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are Charlie and the Rays.
0: Spud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Trevor Jastad, Executive Producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate Producer and Video Director T.J. Pites. Production Assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original Music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-Air Talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
6: So, I, I just got a text from our executive producer, and it looks like she is going to take out these fines from our salaries. Right. Uh, that's really going to upset Spud. I'm glad he left early. Wait,
5: wait, wait. Are, are you for real?
6: Yeah. Because I get paid under the table in
5: cash or groceries, so you know what? Good luck taking that out of my check.
3: So, as an intern, I don't get paid squat, so I'm good with this. I don't freaking care.
6: Yeah, but Spud will care, and he's going to make a real fuss. I can see him throwing a real tantrum when he hears about it. I was thinking, guys, maybe the three of us could chip in and pay his cliché fines. I don't know what his final total bill will be, but if we could each kick in, like, I don't know, 20 bucks, that should take care of it.
5: Okay, wait a minute. I'm not paying anybody's fines. 20 bucks buys a lot of chewing gums and nerds, you know. I can ask my parents to kick in some cash, but
3: I already owe them a lot of money. I just got them to buy me a drum set.
5: You got a drum set? Can I come over and play on that, you know, sometime?
6: Hey, look, I used to be a darn good
5: drummer when I was
6: in my high school marching band. Guys, I would feel a lot better if we could put the team first and our own needs second. Do you think I should ask the audio guys if they would help pay Spud's fines? Um... Dave, Trevor, and even
5: TJ hate Spud's guts. No way they will help out.
6: Yeah, yeah, you know what? From
5: what I heard, when Spud's not around, they really, really don't like him. You know, I had some friends that served in Nam, and when they didn't like their CO, the commanding officer, it did not end well. You know, I'm not gonna say that Dave or Trevor's gonna frag Spud, but you know, you never know.
3: They might slit his tires or slip something in his Pepto-Bismol bottle.
6: Gosh, I I had no idea there was such animosity and resentment towards Spud. I I mean, I, over anyone, would have the most reason to try and exact revenge for him being such a jerk at times, but uh, I've kept those emotions in check, you know? Okay, you know what?
5: I really don't care about this, man. You know, I I gotta get going here. I got a bunch of Judge Judy's episode to watch on my DVR, so later, y'all.
3: I need to get going too. My mom's waiting for me in the car. I'm sure Spud oh. can afford whatever he owes. Can you clean up a bit before you leave? Bye. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys.